Good evening, one and all. Welcome along. It is uh, season four, episode 44 of the UK Dallas Cowboys podcast. I'm joined by Paul, by Jamie, and by the one man I never see and I love his face. Mike, how are you doing? Hello. <laughs> Sounds like you're really far away. Then. <laughs> yeah. Hello. It's like it's like it's like Hey, that's basically what the regular season's just done. It's just literally flown by. Well, thank yeah. goodness for that. I will say that. <laughs> that went so fast, though. So yeah. fast. Yeah. We was doing um, a draft show like five minutes ago. And it's not that far away from the next one, Mike. It's just constantly on the door. On don't, the door. Don't, don't you start, Jamie. Don't you start. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great, great to see Tim already in with the comments. So get your comments in, get your thoughts in. We all agree that Sunday was an SH1T show. Um, and we would love to hear your thoughts because... I was lazy today. I had to do something and didn't get to do up the stats. So I'm doing them as we speak. To talk about the stats from Sunday's game. So do, uh, do, I don't think we even need to even look at the stats of this yeah. game. I really do. You want me? Do you want me to? Do you want me to run them? Do you want me to run them? Yeah. Or do you want yeah, me to still, yeah, yeah. Still run them. Like still yeah. run them. Yeah. Post yeah. games. I don't think we have any way we can actually put that up on that screen right now versus the lols. I don't think we can actually put that up there considering we were the lol in that game. That is mm. true. Very true. Very true. It was. I it do was. have, though, some positive spins once we get into it. See, this is why it's great to have Mike on the show after. after he our... always knows how to turn, yeah. like, turn things into a positive. I, I don't know if you guys seen this, but did any of you guys see uh, RJ's tweet? Which about, one? About the, our record and the continuation of how our season's going. So it's like, oh, you lose yeah. one, you win four, two. you lose one, then two, then uh, lose one, then win four, then lose one, and uh, then after that, it seems to be like, there's only four games left to the Super Bowl. Like, he's kind of pairing it up a little bit, I thought. Huh. Like, like create, creating the pattern. Yeah, yeah. There's, a pa- there's a pattern to the season. Yeah, they're absolutely... Well, here's good. one for you, right? I'll, I'll let you straight away to put some spins on it, right? I actually think what is funny, right, is Washington did the last two games completely backwards. That they lost the game they needed to win and they won the game they needed to lose. It's literally how they've done it. That when you think about it, right? So here's my positive spin on it all, right? Yeah. Uh, at halftime, the game was, yeah, okay. It was getting away from them a bit. They did score the touchdown before halftime, and they were trying to redeem it back. And this is what I think has happened. And this is my positive spin, right? That they look at the Eagles game, see that they are absolutely boat racing, the New York Giants, right? I said New York Jets. They, they both and they go in. Well, there's nothing to play for here. They've yeah. won this game, right? Yeah. Yeah. On the back foot of that, if Washington win that game, they get a worse or a 
I should say, a lower draft pick. <laughs> well, I suppose so, that, that, that's very yeah. true. That, so like, the, so the, hate, double yeah, fold, the double yeah, fold so, is we've got nothing to play for and the commanders have got everything to lose. It's funny that you mentioned that. What was the Houston Texans thinking? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Did you my. see the Chicago Bears fan they went, reaction? They could have lost the game and they went for two. What mm. was that? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but that was hysterical. I, I, it seemed like Lovie Smith just um, said to uh, whoever the the guy that runs the Texans is like, nah, screw mm. you. You're firing me. You know what? I'm not giving you the number one pick. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but but the the funny thing what was even though they, they they ended up with the number two pick, they're still going to have their choice at quarterback. Oh, yeah, because if I mean, if I, if the I, Bears I, stand pat, they're not taking a quarterback. Yeah, yeah but they're not going to. There's there's going to be more people intrigued to move up. Rather, it's it's like it's like the Jets last year. Uh, last year, the day before we um. Trevor Lawrence, like they screwed getting the better quarterback in the draft. It's, you, you don't risk it, do you? You'd rather have your pick than rather than hoping the Bears take the best. It's likely going to be the best if the, the, kid, the kid from Georgia in it, but you don't also want someone getting the actual guy you want. I'm going to call this right now. The Bears are going to trade down. And someone's going to move up for a quarterback, I think. Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, there's going to be loads of that. Like, the, the, like, the... like if, if Texans thinking they're getting their quarterback at number two, we actually witnessed that whole chaos a couple of years ago with San Francisco and Chicago. Like, yeah. with, like so yeah. it wouldn't surprise me it happened again. Yep. But anyway, enough about the other teams. But in terms of us, yeah, like Washington, yeah, he gets, they get the lower draft pick. But in hindsight for them, it'd be cheaper. For them in terms of cost for the player because as the yeah. draft board was yeah, down, yeah, it's cheaper. Saying, yeah. so uh it's kind of mm. i just think that <laughs> when you look at it they they literally they did it backwards they they lost the game they needed to win to get them oh, in the playoffs God. and then the last game is worthless to them they you may as well lose that game and get a better yeah. draft pick and they won it yeah it's crazy uh, it's crazy. Now, now, now you can justify the Washington LOLs then. Yeah. But I, tell you, but I tell you something, the major Tuddick can absolutely bugger off <laughs> that the new mascot, honestly. Oh. The, the less said about that, the better. Like, just running through the headlines there. So, obviously, the Cowboys lost at the toilet bowl 26 6 on Sunday. We finished second in the NFC East with a twelve and five record, and we have fifth seed in the playoff. I know. Why, how did we lose in a toilet bowl? Jeez, oh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but hey ho, that is what it, it is. What it is. I think. Yeah. I find a lot of the guys in the team were just kind of thinking more towards next week after they heard about the Eagles, uh, Eagles were doing and stuff like that, but. Yeah. If there's one thing for sure we need to do, we cannot p- perform like that next week and Monday, uh, Monday night. And that's another thing as well. I am, I am peed off the fact that it's been moved to Monday night. Mm. Like because yeah. that because when you think about it now, if we were to win that game, if we do win that game against Brady, which would be great because that means he will no longer be undefeated against the Cowboys. But that means it's going to be a shorter turnaround. For the next playoff game, 
depending mm-hmm. on what the yeah. schedule is. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so that's what I am annoyed about. Also, the fact for us here in the UK and like so, um, everybody across Europe, like for example, Joe from Italy, etc., it's going to be a pain in the backside to stay mm-hmm. up and try and watch that game. Whereas all the other games are in a more respectable, like a 6 p.m. kickoff and a 9.25 p.m. kickoff. So I'm a wee bit effed off about that, to be honest. Yeah. It's, it, it is the unfortunate thing about about us. And like the, the comments are flying in. And as we say, folks, always make sure your comments are coming in. Let us know what you thought. And I mean, no one wants to talk about the game. Not you know, really. It's, it, Not really. I don't mind. It's, it's, I know it's, you too. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, look, we, we, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves and, you know, take away from your show on Thursday night, Mike, where you're going to preview the game. But I mean, the, 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 Steve's comment here, you know, we need to get the run game going for, for, for Monday night. If Dak has it all on the shoulders through the air, it's not going to be good. I mean, that was highlighted on on um, Sunday's game. And I like I was looking after the Twitter account on Sunday and I made the point that you have to be aware that they have a lot of D-line talent who are first-round picks. Tampa Bay have a pretty similar selection on their D-line as well. So Especially you know, in that special... Especially the interior with Vita Vita and all that, but anyway. But the yeah. one thing I'm kind of we would I would have thought we would have been much better in the run game in this game was the fact that it was a Jonathan Allen was not playing. Yeah, mm. like yeah. I would have thought I would have thought we would have been more successful going up in the middle, but nope. nope. Yeah, yeah. But 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 fair play to Washington. Like they've always had a really good defensive front in terms of their uh, run defense um, and. And fair play to Rivera, like he he can he, he can really establish a good run defense. He can he's, he did it all throughout with the Panthers all those years and stuff like that, and he's now doing it with Washington. So fair enough, fair play. Glad to give him credit for that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, go, on. go on, Mike. No, 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 I was gonna say like they what what was obvious is that they were out to stop the run. Like that, they they weren't so much worrying about the pass, but you could see that they were setting up to stop the run. Yeah. But the trouble was, is the way the Cowboys played, is they just they didn't they weren't in track. Like the whole game plan and game script. Because I put a tweet out after I that I didn't understand the game plan, but mm. when you look at it, I still don't. <laughs> I I still don't get it, but. What you saw was the complete opposite of what we've seen all season. There yeah. was zero, like not a single time was there any pre-stack motion. They just put their receivers out there, just left them there. There was yeah. no play action. They didn't play any play no. whatsoever. Okay. Um, and the weirdest one was the, the way that they bunched the wide receivers primarily on the right and the center. They left the left-hand side of the field. Go back and watch it. Left-hand side yeah. of the field, untouched. Great mm. big, massive square gap. And they just they weren't they weren't interested. Like you go back and you look that um there was CD Lamb. Okay, yeah, he caught the touchdown, did some work. But Michael Gallup and Noah Brown accounted for 12 targets for two receptions and 20 yards. 
It's yeah. not good enough. It's just not good enough. It's Go not... back and have a look at the separation. CD Lamb, he's managing to get some level of separation. And we know with Dak, he's not going to throw to you if you're not getting open. You've got you've got to get so... – he doesn't like throwing them 50-50 balls. He, he's just Ooh. not a fan of it. He wants you to try and get open, and then he'll hit you down there. Well, well in saying that, my counter-argument to that is, is the inexcusable uh, interception from Dak where – it could have happened in the play before. Then yeah. the play after, he threw it in the same direction and yeah. got picked off. And I'm just like, the guy read that. Like, I can understand why he went for that. I can't remember who it was. Who was I think it was Noah Brown he was targeting, I believe. And, Noah Brown, yeah. Yep, Kendall and, yeah, Kendall Fuller just read it like a book and just snatched it within his grasp and just yeah. took it home, took it home for a pick six. That, to me, was just like, it felt very predictable and i don't know about how you guys felt about that yeah 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 I, like like i said i'm not gonna like sit here and say um and say oh no don't blame dak that was dak's worst game yeah. you're seeing him and i don't know why well i do have a theory why but he's he's drifting and he's sliding away from protection because he, he's worried about getting the sack so he's mm -hmm. drifting for whatever reason, and he's moving across, and he's doing that all game. Now, mm -hmm. usually you see Dak, when he plays under pressure, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, when it comes to pressure, he can play. He can do what he needs to do. You go back and you just pull up the stats, and you'll see, put, put like, under pressure, and his QBR rating is right at the very top. Mm. So it's weird to see because normally you'll see him standing in the pocket. He'll climb the pocket. He will hang around in there or he will try and make a little dash up the middle. You don't see it as often, but he's been trying to do it more lately. But to not step into the pocket and to not climb in the pocket that way usually is a sign you don't trust your inside offensive lineman. So more specifically, because what's changed with Tyler Biadish is that's Conor McGovern. So I would say, yeah. So exactly yeah. that is that the reason he doesn't want to climb the pocket is he doesn't completely trust Conor McGovern playing seven. Yeah. That's what's telling you. And that's why he's drifting. And one of the reasons why that interception happened is he could have climbed the pocket. He could have gone up. He could have even gone for a first down using his legs up the middle. He could have done it, but he didn't. He he slid out of protection. He moved across. And then what you're seeing on the throw is he's he's sliding across and he throws off his back foot. So what happens then is the ball's just like completely going mm -hmm. in the wrong place. Ball's going in his into the defender's hands. And that's what you saw. Yeah. yeah. Jamie, I'm gonna throw this comment to you because this came up a lot on Sunday night. And you made the point before we went on air. Oh, cheers, mate. <laughs> you don't think, and a lot of Cowboys fans don't think, Dak Prescott is the man to lead us to a Super Bowl. Discuss. Because uh, it, it, it was the recurring thing. I It blew up. It's all I could see. Dak's not good enough. We're not going to win a Super Bowl with Dak. We're never going to go anywhere. Get rid of him. There's comments in already saying we need to consider back drafting a new quarterback or a better backup. So give us your point of view. Uh, he's, he's 
I was on I was on the I was on the Dak train when he first came into the league and it's just as as time's gone on you just see you seeing a lot of the same mistakes that you saw him as a rookie. The ball's not coming out right, some of the decision making is he's 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 having his his poor just I just don't know if he's the guy to, to win as a super like you say in one of the comments um I think what Steve said if we if if you lean on that to lean on him too much, it's not gonna be great against against the against the, the books that said the red then. Um but you're paying Dak Prescott forty million dollars a year. <laughs> you need to be able to lean on the forty million dollar year product. Look at players like Patrick Mahomes. You can look at in some aspects just in it. I know he's not making a sense. You can look at Josh Allen. Um, just to name three there. You you would gladly put the game on the line. With those kind of theories, I would not be 100% confident that if we had the game was on the line, that could come through. Um, I know there's a comment for Tim to say, like, yeah, it's, some of it's play calling, but some of it's also Dak. Well, a lot of it's Dak. And I said, just probably the last five or six weeks have been awful. First five six weeks in his career, and I just, yeah, I'm starting to think about what's in our seventh seventh year of his career. We're no we're no closer now than we were. Twenty sixteen, we've probably had his best chance to win the Super Bowl since the Romo era, and I'm just yeah, I'm kind of now looking thinking yeah, is this team is this team a team? And when do we blow it up and rebuild? Yeah. Like, Paul, I'll bring you in in a second, but, like, the counter I have to this this talk, the Dak isn't good enough, he's not going to bring us to a Super Bowl, 99% of quarterbacks who play in this league are not going to bring a team to a Super Bowl. It's exactly. very, very rare. And it's an unfortunate thing that so many fans will base how good a quarterback is, is if a quarterback can bring them to a Super Bowl. Does twin does 52 other players on the roster? Hey, you it's always on the quarterback. Yeah, you know? and I, yeah, so, and I, well, take it away. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to use this as an example. Eli Manning, perfect example. Does this guy actually deserve to be a Super Bowl champion? His team, like, he didn't take the Giants to the Super Bowl, it was his defense that took him to the Super Bowl, like, for the whole those, all those years. Uh, back whenever they won it uh, in the past 15 years. but And you've got players like out there like Nick Foles who got them, got the Eagles to the Super Bowl, stuff like that. You wouldn't say he was a quarterback caliber uh, quarterback by any means, not at all. I mean, don't get me wrong, you've seen some bad plays from like some of Holmes. You've seen some bad plays mm. from Justin Herbert. You've seen some really bad plays from Joe Burrow. Really Right, mm-hmm. but I think it's just how how the ro- the roll of the dice is rolled out in front of you. Pretty yeah. much, like I know it sounds pure far fetched, me saying that, but it's it really kind of goes back to the the movie. It's any given Sunday. You just don't know 
how the players are going to turn up. And yeah, it's, um, I mean, even take Aaron Rodgers this year, he's no had a great year. Yeah. It's, it's just strange that um, in the ultimate, I've always found this strange, the ultimate team game, the ultimate team game, and yet the only position, we don't do it with tight ends, offensive linemen, running backs, wide receivers. The, in the ultimate, we only judge quarterbacks by how many rings are on the finger. It, it, it's the ultimate team. Like, the, here's the crazy part. Like, this week, I've seen it, and it's like, oh, this weekend, wildcard weekend, it's Dak versus Brady. They don't face each other on the field ever. Yeah. yeah the whole that's, design that's, is yeah. it's not them, it's not him against him. It really what well, it should be, it's very long-winded, but it should be Dak Prescott versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense and Brady versus the Cowboys defense. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So that's that's where the kind of I, I, I brought the fact about saying, like, yeah, I'm I'm starting to get off the Dak train and and the noise. I mean, Brady's one of the if you look at it, look at it, and it's every year, regardless of who really has it, it's it proved that a lot. Um, that you have a chance of winning multiple playoff games, under center, and it just doesn't feel like that. Especially the last couple of years, the first few years in the league, yeah, you could probably see it. Better. It feels like he's regressed a little bit to me, and it's it's not the same QB that we've got coming out of the draft. So took over. Yeah. Well, here's here's the thing, and I'll, I'll give back to you, Paul. Right, I'm seeing this coming in in the comments. Right, that's not Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Joe Burrow. He's not Aaron Rodgers. There's four QBs. How many Super Bowls have they won collectively? None. Two. Oh, two, two. Sorry, Ed Mahomes. Two. Yeah, yeah. Two. Between the supposed four best quarterbacks in this league. It's damn hard to win a Super Bowl. Only one guy does it every year. Only one quarterback a season. Lamar Jackson hasn't won a Super Bowl. You know, and everyone says, I take this guy over Dak. I take that guy over Dak. Aside from Tom Brady, how many of them have won multiple Super Bowls? No, you know, so yeah. but Paul, go on, take it away. It's your point. Oh, if I completely forgot what I was going to say there, to oh, be Brian, trust Brian. I mean, well, uh... <laughs> yeah, Dax had plenty of weapons over the last seven years and have won hmm. more than one playoff game, yeah. And that's so, a fair point, Andy. I, 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 I do I, agree, I, I, that's, I, I, that's, that's a fair point, Andy. Uh, but when you look at the likes of this game, I kind of, and I'm not trying to make any excuses, I, I did feel like when Dak was under the pressure and he was running with the ball, I thought some of the decisions was kind of against him. I thought that when they were checking the marker where the ball was placed, um, get the change to mark it up, I thought, I thought that would, it was a first down, stuff like that, like, but I thought they played, I thought the referees put the ball in a different position, but even still, um, yeah, it's really, it's really hard to kind of get my head wrapped around that game. It really is. But it's just, it, you... it, 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 I tell you what, what, what you can look at, right, Paul, when you watch that game is that mm -hmm. this is what 
the Cowboys were hoping for is that they were going to come into this game against the Commanders. The command they were expecting the Commanders to come out and be like, "We don't want to win this game." Oh. No, hello, I'm over here now. Um, that they were expecting the Commanders to not want to win this game, so they went out with a very flat, a very um, approach, trying to be yeah, just like a, a not a lackadaisical, but a relaxed approach to the play calling, which is why you saw very little movement because they're trying to keep their players fresh, injury free, uh, and they were just expecting to go in there. Put on a couple of points, you know, score a couple of touchdowns against the commanders, you, you know, get an early score, lean on the defense to, you know, put pressure, take down the third string quarterback, and basically at that point, take all your starters off the field. That's what they were expecting. The bit that's confusing is that when it all started to go wrong, why did you keep your starters on the field for as long as you did? Yes. That's the bit I Yeah. Once there was nothing to play for, like I said to you that, uh, you know, the start, when I was saying, like, you, you know, the, 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 that they went into halftime, seeing that Eagles were winning, you know, that if they lose, Washington um, will get a worse draft pick if they win. So just let them win because it's in your favor. Well, at that point, then, if that's the case, take your stars off the field, then. You don't yeah. need them on there. That's the yeah. bit that confused me. Take them off at that stage. Uh, and plus, you know, it was very surprising, the, and, and I, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way to, to the player. Um, and and I think you could have all said this at the start. Yeah, I don't think anybody would have been like, "God, yeah." But how much did that run game miss Tony Pollard on Sunday? And, and that's no disrespect to him. I just mean you, you you would have if you would look at them stacks on the on the rushing side, you would have thought, "Damn, just just stats wise, you would have thought." having the Cowboys and Zeke really badly. And it was like... It, and because Pollard's played so well this year, it gives, gives the offense a different... Dynamic, different, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the word. I couldn't even think of the word. Cheers, Paul. A different dynamic in the run game. Like, it was just like... It gone and it was just like the Cowboys went back to their old ways and Kellen Moore just brain-fired again. I don't know. I don't know if he did that. I think it was just that... They had their plan set in their mind, and they weren't going to deviate from it. Just the, the, the only bit I, I I kind of get confused with is, as I say, that once the game has gone beyond what you was expecting. It, yeah, I, I I I agree with you, mate. Like I yeah. like I Hold spoke. Like, take them off. Yeah, I mean, I, me and Meg spoke about this extensively on the world's team. Mm. Like, at what point do you start playing your backups to know that there's nothing else to play for? That was the, that's the problem. That's the that's the issue I had. Yeah. Like, why was Dak still in the game? We're risking potentially if he was to get sacked, you might get a lingering injury going against this Tampa Bay game. There's a potential of a uh, one of our other starting offensive linemen may go down. Like, there's always a risk, right? For me, I was like, okay, we're down in the second half. We know that the Eagles are absolutely steamrolling the Giants. Get Cooper Rush in. Get some of the backups in. Yeah, just, 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 just like, just let them, just like, you know what? I have your wee victory game. That's it. That means our backers had a couple of more reps. Dax now had his reps. You know, had the best of game, but at least he can still get more time to evaluate and watch over the sideline and kind of process what he did wrong right there on time and stuff like that. So, uh, but I just kind of feel like 
it just felt like it was pure stubbornness from Kellen not to do that, like but, to put Cooper Rush in. You know, it has to be. It has to be as well. That here's that we we were playing that bad that it's in in some ways kind of get get a jail free card because you want to get rid of all the crappy play you're going to get because now it's it's one and done so you get out and you get all this out and you get mistakes out Mm -hmm. you get the sloppy play out you you try some different kind of things on offense and defense and it's just Kellen it's just Kellen Moore, that's what I'm, and we've said I, it I get that's that. why he I... needs to go in the offseason. He is a he's like he's a poor man's Jason Garrett. He has he's, no clue when his back's against the wall. And you look at some of the some of these other really good teams, the, the back's against the wall and they'll come out with some to spark some of them because and we only get that we only seem to get that on the defence. We don't get it on offense and we have a couple of years and it, Regardless if we get to the Super Bowl, Kellen Moore needs to go this offseason. It's been so inconsistent, it's unbelievable. Do you not... Well, I'll tell you what, Paul. You know what he's saying about Kellen Moore? My Hmm. question, though, is, is do you think, right, and I was thinking about this uh, yesterday, do you think, though, that Kellen Moore has improved this year than he has last year as a play caller? As a play caller, depending who we're playing against, it seems to be where, and this is what I was going to uh, jump in here, actually. Yeah. I kind of feel like Kellen seems to have his head more screwed on. We're going up against a team that is, the chances are against us the rather underdog. than the underdog. Uh, like when we're the underdog, yeah. p- people and people turn us out. He seems to have this switch. Like no one gave us a chance against the Vikings this year. No one gave us a chance against um, Cincinnati early on the season after a team like two teams that were in the Super Bowl last year. Like we would have fought. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The Rams, like, like look at the players they had. Stafford was still fit back then. Cooper Cup was still fit back then. Like no one gave us a chance in those games, and yet we still won those games. But the games like so, uh, Jacksonville and Houston and all these other games that yeah should it should have been a walk in the park and we were just so flat in those games and this seemed to be another one as well so I, I i just uh yeah it's it just seems to be it when this season in particular not last year but this season in particular it seems to be when the the when everyone's pushing us up against the wall, we seem to push back and actually come out firing. Like, whereas when we've got that little bit of momentum or whatever in that, we just seem to kind of like get a bit too ahead of ourselves, become too more relaxed, and that's it. So, because when you look at all the losses, like, don't get me wrong, yeah, first game of the season, Tampa Bay, yeah, we lost that. Like that, that, get the, that it's the first game of the season. That's what happens when you don't play that during preseason. He was just going. He was very hot and cold. But Fit. the other, but the other games like the Green Bay. Green Bay were like in a five-game losing streak. We yeah. could have not. We could have knocked them out of the playoffs mm. contention straight after that. That that game. It would have made this game something to play for. Exactly, and and all the other losses as well, like the Jacksonville and stuff like that. You're just like, you just kind of sit and ponder, thinking. Yeah, we're better than this. Why? Mm, why? why? Just, just, just—it's just a question of why. 
But the only thing I will say, though, with the Jacksonville loss is having seen how Jacksonville played down the stretch, that loss made me feel a bit better. Because they've, yeah. they've been playing lights out the last few weeks. I yeah. will give Jacksonville credit yeah. for that. They have been... Um, and Trevor Lawrence has been on fire. Is and, I, and I'm and I'm not normally I'm not a big fan of Trevor Lawrence, but he's mm-hmm. certainly proven proven me wrong this year. He's been I going just, for it. But when you look at Jacksonville's season as well, they've been all over the place in the early uh, part uh, of the season. Yeah. Like, and I wouldn't say it's on uh, Lawrence's fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by by anything, I think he's been still been playing pretty good despite the losses. He's been uh, he's been playing like an actual leader of the team and stuff like that, but it's more on Jacksonville's defense has kind of cost them games and stuff like that. But anyway. Um... I, I think I will say, though, right, Paul, that's quite funny because we spoke about this coach on this show is look what Jacksonville Jaguars have done this season. They've won the AFC South. Yeah. One year removed from when they had Urban Meyer as their head coach. That's a massive turnaround. <laughs> I knew, it, gonna it it? I knew you were going to bring it up, Urban Meyer. <laughs> Man, and yeah. what, what, what makes that one crazy is how many Cowboys fans were screaming from going, "I oh, we need to get him here as a head coach." I'm sitting there, knowing what he, knowing what he did over in the Big Ten, and you're just like, "You want that as your head coach? Do you even know how he got to where he was?" <laughs> Do you know the background stuff? <laughs> That's even darker. But there we go. Like to be fair, to be fair to Jacksonville, and as you say, I feel a lot more comfortable about oh. that loss now. Yeah, it's different. Different who, field. Who did they bring in to replace Urban Meyer? A Super Bowl win head coach. Yeah. Yeah, and Doug Peterson. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what did we do two years ago? Brought in Super a Super Bowl, Bowl winning, Super coach. Bowl winning coach. And it's about building the stability. Like what was startling to me as you were saying those things about Kel and Paul, and I'll throw it open to you is we do well and can win against teams that we're not expected to. Yeah. But if you flip it the other way, we have an issue, and this is where Kansas City, Buffalo, they beat the teams they're supposed to beat. Yeah. And don't give them air to breathe in the game. And that's what sometimes frustrates me with this team is they allow teams to hang in there with them. Mm-hmm. Like look at the Colts game as another example. Yeah, three quarters of just pure like depression. And then all of a sudden we go balls at like balls out football in that fourth quarter, storing 33 points, the most amount of points stored in any quarter in the NFL. So but, you um, know, we say all that, mind, right? These teams still all had games where they struggled. They're not like completely removed from having bad plays, having bad games. It's happened. They're not perfect. So, sorry, Jamie. Just, just that when you really do look, do look in hindsight, right? Yeah, we're twelve and five. That's a good season. Back to when back. You, back to back. Yeah. First time it's ever been done since the 90s, since under uh, a Switzer. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So that's the first time it's been happening. So that we've made a little bit of history. That's great. But when you look at the, all these other teams, some of the teams that are in the playoffs, some of them have got negative records. And it, 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 
like, and it just, it really does go back to the the points any given Sunday, you know. Um, like I, I'm going back now, right? I'll be to, back in two seconds. We're two we're things. talking about Kansas City, right? And I'm just just to prove my point about like how imperfect it is that we beat Cincinnati and the Colts and Kansas City didn't. They lost to them this year. That, sorry, that's my phone. <laughs> See, you know, uh, that's just what I'm saying. That You know, we can yep. argue about... Because the Cowboys are not a perfect team. They're not. Mm-hmm. And we've had struggles and we've lost games. We've lost games that we shouldn't have and we've lost games we were expecting to. Um, but we've also won games as well that um, we weren't we supposed to win. Them. Yeah, we we beat both years, both both of last year's Super Bowl teams. We beat the Minnesota Vikings in a perfect game, like that game. What's funny is this season, I've seen both the Cowboys' best performance and the worst performance I've ever seen. Worst performance last week, best. Vikings. I know, obviously, you could talk about Super Bowl games, but I'm on about just like an individual T or, or team performance, regardless of when it was. Like, obviously, the Super Bowl games, playoff games, are always going to be the best. Do you know what I mean? Because that's what they represent. But in terms of like a general performance, the Vikings was the best I've ever seen, and that was this year. And then we've just spoken about what they did, you know, in the fourth quarter. But that 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 game. Is the most points scored by an NF- NFL team in a fourth quarter in NFL history? Guy yep. driving that bus, Dak Prescott. Yeah. And here's here's something I just want to bring up. Jamie, I'll throw it to you, right? If you look at what we did in December last year, we were beating teams with 50 burgers last year. Went into the San Francisco game and Everything bad happened in that game. Is it not better that we got that out of our system on Sunday night against the Commanders than happening on Monday night? Yeah, like you said, because you don't want it to blow up in your face when it's what it's done now. It's just... Yeah, that, that performance has come at the wrong time, but it's also come... At the end of a pretty poor run. Yeah, we've won games towards the back end of the season, but the performances haven't been no up there. Some of some of them scrape through, and some teams will get away with it. But we we know all too well that Brady's never lost an instance. Um, you give someone like him the opportunity to get on the front foot and, and, and he's, he's going to match the clash and he do it. And then just to, then just to, because I saw a stat earlier, um, just to really dampen the mood, we haven't won a road playoff game since 93 as well. So it's like everything stacked against us this weekend. Yeah, but Joe has made a point that I was going to make to you guys. I was hoping he was just about to make it, Jay, that people are all whinging and moaning, saying, oh, the Cowboys are falling off. You know, they needed momentum to to go into the playoffs. Well then explain to me if it's momentum a team needs to go into the playoffs. How come last year when they dropped 56 on Philly, did they lose to San Francisco the next game in the wild card? How is that possible? And don't forget as well, mate. Don't forget as well, mate, when Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl that year, they were terrible. 
going before going into the playoffs. They had a really bad run leading up. To, like they were lucky to make it there. They were the wild card, and they yep. still managed to get in there and just turn on that light switch and made that play through. And, to, and think, they won, won the Super Bowl. I think it's all right because it's, it's the playoffs in it, and it's it's that. And and, and I know a lot of uh, um, kind of followed outside of Graham Moore kind of get the FA Cup, but it's it's like the FA Cup, and it? it's it's one and done. That's why you see a lot of these smaller teams beating the bigger teams because it's it's. <laughs> It's, it's an opportunity to cause an upset. Scrappy. Also, yeah. it's, it's, one and done. it's essentially one and done football, isn't it? That's why yeah, you like say, you see the Cowboys drop 50 on the Eagles in the week, the week after the Niners. Because just effectively, the Niners wanted it more than the Cowboys. The, the, the one thing, the big thing last year, I think, with losing against the 49ers was warm bodies. They were just lacking play. Like you look, but when they got to the 49ers game, they, they were just. Lacking players to fill a roster, it was really bad. There was just so many injuries. That was the biggest. That was like the foundation of where it went wrong. And you can see this year they've tried to counteract that because the cornerback position is probably like where we, more specifically, cornerback two, is where we're struggling the most since Anthony Brown has gone down. And they have tried to fill that. And you you know you've seen the last couple of weeks where they've tried to figure that out, and you know the offensive line. I mean, you know we're talking about because you know this this Bucks defensive line. I know we'll talk about it in in the, the pregame show on Thursday, but they're quite similar to Washington in what they do. Um, I would say Washington are better against the run than what the Bucks are, um, but you know. You look at that offensive line, they still only allowed one sack last week against Washington, and we're saying that that's a good defensive line. See, and, and I, Andy's comment there that we just flicked up, yeah. Again, I, it's, the, the one thing that scares me about this weekend, I know we kind of got off on a tangent because it's we're covering the last, the last, the last game, it's just the fact that it's Brady a quarterback. When you look at Super Bowl wins, <laughs> teams, you know, offensive, offensively around him, he, he's had poor teams, and to be fair, he's probably. In terms of a game receivers, he probably got probably argue with some of the best that he's, he's ever played with. Um, so that's what that's what scares me because he's Brady. If it was any other QB, I think I'm, yeah. I, I can see the guy. It's just we've been here before. He's yeah. seven and against the Cowboys. And it's like, come on, it's Is not even... really happening. <laughs> yeah, it's not even us being here before. It's when you because I've written the article this week on Cowboys offense and Buccaneers offense and the first comment on the Bucks offense is um, Brady in the playoffs. As soon as you mm. say that, you go Ooh, you know, everyone starts yeah. sucking teeth. Do you know what I mean? It's a stigma. It's a, it's, a, it's a pure stigma. Like, it's when he seems to turn it on most. And the one thing that's really annoying and I get it's Division winners, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. Regardless of how the season finished for us, we finished what? But the record, we had one of the best records in, in the NFL. One of the best in our, And we're on the road against the team. But did, did, did they finish? Was it nine and eight they finished? Yeah. Nine, nine, eight and one. And I get that they won the division, but the NFL needs to look at this somehow. And it's like, how can a team that struggled to get over, over 500? Host the game in the playoffs. No, this this should be at ATT Stadium. 
it's ridiculous that the Cowboys are on the road and essentially going to be on the road. For the, all right, they'll be, on, they'll be on the road all the way through the playoffs as well. Yeah, and here's another one that's going to scare you, Jay. Is that on the weekend the Cowboys will be playing in their navy blue jerseys, and they played in in the playoffs in the navy blue jersey seven times and only won once. Oh man, come on! Just, just... <laughs> why, 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 I why just don't throw over? that to you. Why, why don't we all walk under ladders and just see? Let's walk over cracks in the floor. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, just thought I'd throw that to you. Yeah. Well, here, here, here's the thing, and this kind of stems back from what happened last week in terms of the AFC and what's going to happen there if it ends up the Chiefs and the Bills and all of this. I think the point you're making, Jamie, about why should the Cowboys have to play away from home with a better record, this mm-hmm. might be where the NFL is looking to move to, is having wild cards, wild card games at neutral sites. And like college, around yeah. at neutral sites. Yeah. I'd uh, be more in favor of that, to be honest. Yeah. Like what they do in the bowl games yeah, in college. Yeah, yeah, 100%. This could be their point where they go, right, let's maybe move them. Who wants to really be in Lambeau Field on a cold, snowy, miserable January afternoon, when you could be in Dallas, when you could be in Arizona, you could be in Arizona, you could be Arizona, Florida, California, wherever. This could be where it's going to go. I hear you. I hear you on that one. I'm just going to put it on the plan and say, is it from the NSC side? Is it really a team that scares you going through this player? And you go, I really don't want to play against them. Well, I mean, it's, and to be fair, it, it's more, for, for me, it's more that the, 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 the Cowboys will shoot themselves in the foot rather than yeah, someone will play players and beat them. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah, the thing. Every, every team in this playoffs, and they are definitely, every single one of them are very beatable. The Eagles are going to fall for but the Eagles are as not as good as what their record suggests. There's not, there's no, no they've had let's, 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 let's cut to the chase. The Eagles have had the easiest schedule of all oh, the teams this year. Yeah. That, yeah, true, actually. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That the no, nine is, yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't scare me, scare me. Yeah, I uh, the very it's Garoppolo. He's, he's, he's showing why he's a really good human. He's not. He's getting so dis- much disrespect no. for it. It's unbelievable. It's just that they're just not a, and it's shown up so many times in the past. Is that just that Forty ers are non quarterback reliant in order to win? That's what it is. They just they don't need a quarter because they they've built that team to not have to be. Yeah, true. But is it, if you look at it, that's easy. Really. It's more the way that, that everything's built around it. Again, it kind of goes back to my point earlier, Jamie, about New York Giants. Years ago, they had a team all around overall, and it was more They had a brilliant defense, true. And it was their defense that helped them elevate up to yeah. that Super Bowl. Like, yeah. when you look at their playoff run, it was not nice. They barely just scrapped the, the nails of their teeth mm. like to get into the Super Bowl. 
And yeah, I mean, I'm not particularly worried at all. Like, I'm not worried about the 49ers. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just worried about ourselves more than anything. That's what it is at this stage. I'm, I'm, more, I'm more worried about the Niners than, the, than I, I would be at the Eagles. The, yeah. the Eagles are not as good as... Uh, I've said it for weeks. That they're, that they're ready to fall off. Because I, I, think they're, I, I, think they'll do, I think they'll go one and done with the Eagles. Yeah, the yeah, Eagles as, haven't uh, been uh, sharpened by a strong regular season. Yeah, and like to the 49ers, yeah, I, I, in a way, I agree, but I disagree. I agree the fact that the 49ers, like, they do have we like weapons all across the board, which they do not rely on a really good quarterback, like, or or an elite level quarterback. So, let, let me be more specific. Like, they can put in Brock Puddy in there and still win the games, for example. We've seen they, it. We've seen it. Yeah. They can they can put try uh, trade Lance in there and still win a game, even though he may have threw maybe one hundred and fifty yards. But it's it's an overall team collective effort, and if that's one thing the Forty Niners do have, they have an overall good team collective. The defense, um, yeah, like all yeah. across the board. Like you've got Kettle, you've got Debo, you've got whatever. Yeah, that's cool. But their defense that adds up to that. Coach really well as well. Coached well. Yeah. And everything, and this is why you see it so often in that team, is it, it's a lot of heavy pummeling, um, like hammer, right down your throat running. Smash mouth football, mate. Very and much and a, smash mouth. And, and, a, and a, lot of, a lot of people slag them off. Sorry, Mike. Oh, no, I was just going to say, that's why you just see so many running backs for the 49ers come in. They'll play a couple of seasons, then they move on, and they just go into obscurity because they're just yeah, they're dead dead and just jumping on back on that running back comment. That a lot of people slag them off, people. Christian McCaffrey, and to be fair, it looks an absolute masterstroke. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's a gamble. Baby setter. Yeah, it, it's a it's a gamble, especially when you think, like you know, often Jimmy Garoppolo is injured over there, which is why we see. You know, backup quarterbacks. So that's why we know that they're not quarterback reliant because we've seen so many times them win games without the need of a starting quarterback. Again, so again, mate, look, even look at the Eagles. The years when they had their Super Bowl run, ever like Eagles fans were worried about when Wentz that went down at the time and yeah. for folds yeah. it's like, uh they weren't too sure, then game after game, whatever and that and 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 must be honest, the Eagles weren't that fantastic, weren't that fantastic offensively that year, but yet they still won it. They inst they were the very early teams to instill the college RPO into the NFL, so it was very yeah. new to the league, and that's what they got away with. Yeah, it was a yeah. smart move by Doug, um, but obviously, what you saw going forward then was teams being able to defend the RPO, which is what we do now. So then, what made them special disappeared. Plus, like, a lot of other stuff. A bit like, like, a bit like, fell off. A bit like when the Wildcats first ever came in, they said, people don't see the car, can't defend it. And now it's pretty much obsolete. Uh, you just, you, you know how to utilise your linebacker to draw. Mm -hmm. And, Mike, you've just created a great point that I wanted to bring up because I kept repeating this when I was doing the Twitter. How much are we missing late, Van Der Esch? Lots. A lot. The twin, actually, the two. You're missing 
Leighton Van Der Esch and Jonathan Hankins, those two working in tandem are fantastic because Hankins mm -hmm. will hold the gap. He'll hold it in, and Leighton Van Der Esch is kept clean in order to get to the ball carrier, especially on third down defence. Yeah. No, that's it, a great it pains point. me to say we missed him because I've flagged him off for years, but he's been, he's been fantastic this year. I'm, I'm telling you, I think he's been so under under the radar. People are not giving Vanderish enough credit. Like, don't get me wrong, early part of the season he was really touch and go, but the middle mm -hmm. part and mm -hmm. up to the up to the point where he got injured, he's been nothing but exceptional. He may like Vanderish. He may not be making the big major plays like Micah Parsons has been doing. The ones that he's getting the yeah. sacks and yeah. that, but. When you look at the collectively, Van der Esch is all chugging all, along. He's all over the park, mm. all mm. like from sideline to sideline, dropping back, going to the line of scrimmage. He's everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of people it's are not giving him a lot of credit. And here's the crazy bit: is like, yeah, his change of direction and his acceleration is not great, but to say he's slow is a bad thing to say because his top end speed, once he gets there, for his size, is not bad. And another big thing as well is if you go back and look, his missed tackle rate is like to the floor. It's like really, really low. I think it's like 3%, which is insane, especially for his, his position. That's a boring moment, wasn't it? Yeah, what's going on then? <laughs> but... but I got one actually as well though because I, I put it out is um, really how much this team is missing Terence Steele. Yeah, oh, yeah. and by Irish in this game as well. Don't forget by him. Irish. But, yeah, but uh, Terence Steele again, and I will give him so much praise and the work he's done this off season. Yeah, working, yeah. working with Duke Manyweather and stuff like that. We've mm -hmm. clearly shown the massive steps of Steele. Playing that, like he's our right tackle as far as I'm concerned. You know? Well, did did you see the tweet I put out? I'll give you the stat if you want, right, Paul? Yeah, go for Here it. Here it is: Zeke and Pollard's average yards per carry, right, from weeks one to fourteen, because Terrence Steele went out during the Houston game in week fourteen, right? right. So yards per carry from weeks one to fourteen for Zeke and Tony, right? Zeke four point two yards per carry, Pollard five point seven. <laughs> Like, Zeke's isn't bad. Pollard's is insane, right? Weeks 15 to 18, right? So the last four weeks when Terrence Steele was out. Zeke, 2.7 yards per carry. Pollard, 3.2. Nearly yeah. half. So, the, so, the, 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 so, the, so the, for me, there's this... Well, maybe the, two factors, possibly, yeah. Like the, 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 the other factors is the continuity. Yeah, 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 of course. Of the, of, 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 Maybe moving thing. that line around a lot. Maybe moving the chess pieces to try and uh, fix, fix a band-aid, essentially. Yeah, sure. um, yeah. Don't give it around. Putting Tyron Smith on the right-hand side. He's, he's been okay, but he's, he's, not, but, but, but he's not in his natural position. Yeah, he's not. that's for sure. All right. And it's clearly shown that. Mm -hmm. And... And with that as well, with uh, Bayadish being out especially, that's been a big chess piece has been taken out of the puzzle as well. So with that being said as well, it's like that could actually affect how you do your game plan as well. But the good thing is going into this game, we're expecting to see that Bayadish is due to come back for this game, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Biad, uh, right. Bayadesh, Hankins, LVE. Right. And so, in the wind is Deron Bland as well. Right. Okay. And don't, 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 don't forget, Trayvon Mullen will have had Sunday's game. You have Xavier Rhodes on the practice squad. I'm I'm out on Trayvon Mullen. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I I'm glad that they did what they did. I've seen yeah. him. I'm like, nope, no thanks. Had that guy here before. Do you know what he reminded me of? Rookie year, Jadobi Awuzie. Will get Ooh. into the wide receiver's hip pocket, but cannot locate the ball. Is that not modern day Jadobi Awuzie? Actually, for Cincinnati, he's not too bad. He's <laughs> actually been pretty decent for Cincinnati. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you yeah. uh, okay. uh, Early slash Dallas Cowboys Jadobi Awuzie. Mm. Like he's got all the athleticism, like I say, gets in the wide receivers, um, hip pocket and sticks with him like glue. But tell him to try and find that ball. Nope. So Ooh. I'm out on Mullen. I'm done on that on that little experiment. And you know, I'm glad that it happened because now we know. You'd rather know now than when it matters most. Yeah. So are you bringing in Xavier Rhodes today as boundary corner? At this stage, it's gonna have to be Nation right. He's it has to be. It has to be nation, right? It has it's to, be. to be. It's gonna have to be. Mm-hmm. He's provided you with the most. Yeah, and just another one. I'm going to bring it up here. If if, if the O line is healthy, and we all know if, would you consider Jason Peters at right tackle with Tyron back at left and Biadish in the middle? The, the answer. You'd have to. You'd have to definitely come and play, wouldn't you? You've, you, you've got to... Like I say, that their, their defensive front's pretty nasty, isn't it? So mm. anyway, to shore it up and protect Dak and open them lanes, you've got to try anything, even if it's for a series, just to see how it works. Mm. Yeah, try there's, a, there's a really like soft answer to that, that's like... Not very good, really. Is the answer simply is what does Peters and Tyron Smith think? Like, how do they feel about that? Which are your best five in the best position? And like, if Peters is just going, I cannot. Nah, this is not for me. You just got to stick with the play. That that that's the soft answer, which just doesn't really provide much uh, in the conversation. But that is the only answer you can give. There is what do the players think? Mm. Yeah, true, true. Um. Yes. Anything <laughs> else you want to discuss, gentlemen? Um, it was Mullen. Uh, I tell you what was good to see though was the interception. We did manage to get an interception in the end zone. Thank yeah. you, Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. Here's one actually, I, and I'll tell you what, what I think is that people will disagree with this, but I can counter it. But the Cowboys' defense, I think, in that game played really well. I know the scoreline doesn't suggest that. But I think that they did. I think they did more than it. They got no help from their offense. And mm. although they put 20 point, 26 points down, one of those was a pick six. Yep. I'll agree with you, Mike. The stats were really good. Like you said, if you looked at them stats and took away the 
took away the skyline and you're looking at the cowboys are basically that you would have lost that and far the cowboys would have you would have thought the cowboys came away with a win yeah just a red defensive stat because they played a thing one of them did i look off the top of my head i can't remember was it was it or did he do it was it an 11 total tackles Chauncey. He had a sack. Oh, sorry, yeah, Chauncey Goldson. Sorry, yeah, excuse me. I mean, I didn't let him, didn't let him my boy down there, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, well, so he's got a sack. Osa did well, too, mind. Yeah. And, 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 and two, two, two and a half sacks we got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you would have honestly thought, just from the defensive stats alone, that the Cowboys won that game. And, and bear yeah. in mind, that happened on in a game where your special teams offered nothing to. So the defense was dealing with an offense that wasn't producing and the special teams that um, Brian Anger fumbled a punt. Plus he punted one really bad where like he punted. There was one where he punted from the 30 and it got to like, it got to there for, it was a really soft punt. I don't know what happened there. Mm. Plus also you had the Turpin fumble as well. So the defense was dealing with, two other phases of the game that were falling apart on you. And given short fields. Short fields, exactly, yeah. You know, so, I mean, how he didn't have to do an awful lot. The comment you just had up from from Tim there, that's one of the things that really nags me about the Cowboys, is that if you look back at teams that have won Super Bowls or gone on deep Super Bowl, have seemed to have a very good mix of a good offense and a good defense at the same time. The Cowboys obviously never mm. seem to have that straight down the middle. It's either the great good offense and poor defense or vice versa. It's never you, you, you never get that nice combination with the Cowboys, and that's what really frustrates me. It, it, there's a checklist, isn't there, that you can go on every deep playoff team, and it's yeah. Uh, a quarterback that makes good decisions. Two running backs, one elite level wide receiver, mm. and a solid defense. Yeah. So the only one that you cannot check there right now is quarterback based on just recent performance. And you're just going on recency bias. But there's nothing to say that historically that it, you know in the in, in the full picture of everything that that comment isn't true. And to highlight how bad this game was, Brett Maher actually missed a damn kick. Yeah, I know. Yeah, missed an extra point. I mean, he has been... Like, I I was biting my tongue all season. I didn't want to say, is he automatic? Is he automatic? (laughs) And it goes and bloody happens. Special teams fell apart. The whole thing. The whole thing was bad. But the special teams started the ball. Yeah, that, that started it. I mean, put it this way, right? Here's a crazy stat that, that I know Paul will like. Is Brian Anger had 10 punts for nearly 500 yards. What? <laughs> yeah, go take a look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah 10 points. 468. Holy. 478 yards he punted for in that game. And, that was, and one of them, like I say, was a particularly bad punt. I think he had one that went 60 yards. So it I, don't, I, I don't forget. I don't forget there was the whole mess up with the the catch the and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah the fumble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I don't know what happened on that one. Um, I, I'm going to put that one down to anger on on the fumble punt, and on the other one, there's a bit of a bit of a funky rule on the temp on the Turpin fumble because it was a fair catch, mm -hmm. and it, it so like I don't I so like the fair catch rule is if the ball bobbles on the catch, as long as it's within your frame, you can recatch it, and there's no you you can try and reclaim the ball. But because it's up for interpretation, is where's the frame of the body? <laughs> I, I don't really buy that, though, to be fair, mate. Like, you should still catch Oh, the no, ball. yeah, no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, like, saying, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you, mate. I'm not going to have another coffee either. <laughs> <laughs> the, way I'm, the way I'm going, I might finish off my cigar. <laughs> ah, what flavour are you going for? It's my the diplomat uh, my diplomaticals. Ah, nice. Talking of that, mind you, um, Jamie, are we? Do you want to tell everyone about these Super Bowl plans? Which town or city are we going to? Well, I, I don't think it's really Super Bowl plans because we 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 had planned to uh, going to London. We're going to take money, so we said Victoria Gay Casino. There's an NFL UK group that I've won there every year. So if anybody wants to join, it's just it's not a it's not a UK Cowboys plan. It's just we're going to we just said we're going to yeah. session session late for weekend. We did try. We did try to do a UK. Yeah, we say we tried in London. We just sadly couldn't. It's just one of the things that life gets in the way sometimes and. We, we couldn't get it, so we'll, we'll look at it again for the season after. Um, yeah, so, so... I do, so I, we, I do yeah. need Paul's help, though, to annoy Jamie with a lead song, like I did with you last year when we went to Glasgow. I kept playing you... Um... <laughs> no, don't you... Oh, no. oh, I could... Do you know what? Instead of playing a lead song, I'll just play that song in the group for a while. Mike... Right. Mike, there's only, there's only one song that is going to get Jamie going all weekend. And after, tonight, after, after tonight's results, glory, glory, man, United. Oh. Do you know the worst thing is that they don't even play Manchester? That's the worst thing. <laughs> they don't play Manchester. They say that the, the Cowboys don't play in Dallas, so... Yeah, so <laughs> you, you, you've nullified your own argument. <laughs> hey, here's a good thing. Here's another positive spin. That the Cowboys lost to Washington by 20 points. That yeah. wasn't even the worst Texas-based team scoreline to be defeated. Well, no one considers TCU as Texas. <sighs> yeah, that night was explosion. was huge. <laughs> Man, let's let's let let's not go there. <laughs> that, that 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 that's something for the draft show. I I I believe, Mike. Ah, yeah, yeah. It's a twenty-five hour draft show. <laughs> well, I I I I suppose whilst I have the gentleman on the program, I I I presume we will be starting up the draft show again. Yeah. And Project Prospect. Yeah, yeah, we'll be doing them once yeah. we're into the off season. You, you, I got my draft board already. 
Yeah. Nice concocting a way of getting us on for 24 hours on draft day. I just know it. Well, there was. There was on the calendar. And Paul knows what I'm talking about. There was for draft day. There was a plan for 2023 that was going to happen. But that's been moved now to next year because of this year's plans. I also I also hear that Mike has a plan to get us Bijan Robinson. Hey, depending on what they decide to do with Pollard, that could be a possibility. Just you you were saying about plans that should have been made this year to happen this year. Is this what I think you were on about that we were yes. talking? You, yes. you, you, yes. you ring everybody at nine o'clock at the night after the twenty five hour draft show and say, I've got an idea we can do. I don't know how you don't shut your brain off at night sometimes. And <laughs> because, Lots yeah. of coffee. Lots of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. Look, this is this has been a comment coming in. And as I say, I don't want to try to jump too far ahead. Right. He's going nowhere. Look, obviously, it's part of the news because Dan Quinn has interviewed with the Denver Broncos. He's going nowhere. Oh, you agree with you, Mike? Um, what happens to McCarthy scenarios? Like, a lot of people are going, well, lose on Monday night. It's another one and done season. My my counter argument to this is, who do you bring in? Who are you honestly going to bring in? He's going nowhere. Because I don't see anyone. Honestly. Yeah. Even if, I, I, said, I said this at the start of the season. If the Cow, even if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl, Mike McCarthy... Will not be head coach next year. I'm. I, I still. I still got a feel. I've still got a feel. I, I think, especially with the, the capital that's, that's been talked about, I don't think they'll pull the plug. But I think they will require what it would take to get Sean Payton to at least interview him. I don't want Sean Payton. Don't want him. Sean will go to Denver. Dan Quinn will be the Dan Quinn will be the Cowboys head coach next season, regardless no. of what happens this year. No, no Dan, Dan Quinn's not a head coach. Yeah, we've seen Dan Quinn as a head coach, and Dan Quinn knows what he is. It's the same yeah, as Jason Dan Garrett. Quinn. Jason Garrett was always better as an offensive coordinator than he was a head coach. As an offensive oh, yeah, coordinator, true. he wasn't bad. Yeah, true. But, but they always they always want to rise on. There was there was talks about him going off and being a head coach. I I think I, I thought oh, yeah, I think he'll be he'll be the Cowboys head coach The Cowboys will do everything to keep him. I think the Cowboys would rather lose him, uh, keep him, and lose McCarthy. Well, that was the next question I was going to ask, right? We all, everyone wants Dan Quinn to be kept around. And I get it. Dan Quinn hasn't been great this year. He's done a lot of good things, but there have been times where Dan Quinn hasn't been great. But the, 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 the real question for me is, Kill him more. Is he retained? Because I think oh. we need to freshen up our offense. He shouldn't be he shouldn't be kept because he's an atrocious offensive coordinator. <laughs> but he he's a Jerry yes man and that's the reason he will be kept. And I have and I even though I just said Dan Quinn will be the cowboy head coach this year. This has it to me when he even got employed got employed as a, as a coordinator had a very Jason Garrett feels about it that 
he's going to be somebody, he's going to be prime to be the next Cowboys head coach because he is obviously a yes man. And that's Jerry. What Callum Moore really lacks more than anything is just experience coaching. That's what he lacks. Uh, and I know that's not me apologising for him. That's just being on the outside looking in, if you like. That when you look at it, that he's it's, he's got a great mentor, mind you, Mike McCarthy, because he's a guy who has seen it all. Mm-hmm. And so he's just got to learn and how to adjust and how to year by year change his train of thought and how to... Um, move his playbook along, if you like. That, that, that's what he lacks more than any, because you think, like, he, how many years has he been really offensive coordinator or coaching altogether? Because bear in mind, he was, a, he was a backup quarterback for Dallas, you know, just a few years ago. Uh, then he's a quarterback coach, and now he's offensive coordinator, and he's been doing that for only a few years. It's not Four a lot years. of coaching. Four, in the years. Four years. Four years. Four years. Yeah. It's not long. That's not much of a coaching resume. But, I, 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 but, I agree that you, you said he's got a good a good mentor, which he has. I mean, it's, Mike McCarthy's been there and he's won it. Mm. But as it, does it look like he's really learned from him? And and actually, to be fair, and this is this is not like on Mike McCarthy, and this could probably just be, be I said I've had opinion. I've I view Callum Moore. Has he not got worse year by year? Play call yeah. in the play calling wise, it seems like he's, yeah. he's not like like if if it was and not trying to go. If you were looking at this from a quarterback thing, you would be slagging Dak off. Sorry, I say I don't, I don't mean you was in your. I'm just talking in general. You'd be slagging Dak off, saying he's gone like that. He's trending downwards. That's what okay. the quarterback would be trending upwards. Well, so should you. You caught it. He's turning downwards for me. He's got worse every year. Here's, here's my counter to that. Is that bear in mind, he's the offensive coordinator that last year was first in the league in points per game and this year was second. Well, here's here's my counter to it all, Mike. Right? <laughs> A counter to the counter. 34. 34. And... Sean McVeigh is retiring at 36. Maybe. Of course he'll be, of course. He's, 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 he's got, he's, that right. whole team is going to get overhauled. But, Big time. Yeah, like, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, retire, though. Do you think he'll not go somewhere else? He'll, he'll probably go to college. In a couple of years. I think he'll go to college. He'll go back to college. But here's my point, Bryce. Sean McVeigh was head coach... For six years, I think was six, seven years with the Rams. Mm-hmm. Youngest head coach in the league. Teams were going looking for him to be their head coach. Has anyone, has, anyone, has anyone looked for Kellen Moore this year? No. no. And that tells me all I need to know because he was a hot name two years ago. He was a hot name last year. Nobody wants him this year. I'd be saying bye bye. Sorry. Thanks for, th- thanks for great seasons and yeah, you got us high scoring but ultimately when it mattered you couldn't get it done for us. And to be fair, just to kind of jump on the back of yours, you had the number one scoring offence and the number two scoring offence in the last two years. 
Well, did he get it? He goes, he goes, Jack, doesn't matter. Yeah. And and that's not to take away anything what the players have done, but it's, well, them stats are all nice, but if we haven't won a Super Bowl, so it doesn't really matter at all. Yeah. Like, ultimately, at the end of the day, the only ma- result that matters is the end result. What is the scoreline? Mm-hmm. I would rather the Cowboys scrape wins and play ugly, fo- ugly football and win games by two or three points and make it to the Super Bowl. Watch, watch them put 600 yards in every week and finish with a 90 minute Yeah. And because if, if, if you look at that game, and I, I said this on Twitter on Sunday. It's like Jason Garrett's back in the building. Every every for every first down, run the ball. Jet sweep, motion. Zeke was getting tackled for loss. Tony Pollard was getting tackled for loss because teams knew exactly what Kellen Moore was going to do. When he suddenly changed his mind, teams knew when he was going to change his mind. And that's what a good team will do. A good team will go... Right, okay, he's going to change it up here and we've switched our personnel and we've keyed off of it. He doesn't have the ability to adapt in games and it generally takes till halftime till Mike McCarthy gets the team into the dressing room to improve things. Mm. You're just hoping, you're just hoping, what you're hoping for is last week, you know, like I was saying that, you know, there's a lot of flat play calling last week. They weren't doing much. It was just um, wide receivers stepping up to the line. Mm. There wasn't much separation. There wasn't much, um, like, route chemistry. uh, And a lot of the the route concepts and combinations were a bit confused. Yeah. What you're hoping for is that, is Mike McCarthy, Callum Moore getting together and going, keep everything in the bag. Don't mm-hmm. show, don't give anything away. Let's save it for the playoffs. Because bear in mind, Tampa Bay, <laughs> their latest game that they are going to have video on is that game. Like, what mm-hmm. are you taking from that? The only thing, if I was a coordinator, the only thing I'm taking from that game, from from whatever you send me is the cornerback two position is a mm-hmm. problem. Like the rest of it, I can't use. I can't use anything from that game. Nothing is worthy. Yeah. There's I suppose, a positive. Yeah. But here, here's the thing, Mike, and it's it's not a counter, but it, 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 ties in what, it, it, it it's what ties in with, kind of what ties in with what Jamie's been doing for the last couple of days with her with our member profiles, which are going across our Facebook and Instagram and everything like that. You asked one question in that, Jamie, and I'm going to give you my answer to it right now. Five words that describe being a Cowboys fan. It's the hope that kills you. <laughs> hmm. I, I, don't know, I don't know what it is with us as Cowboys fans, but I do tend to think we just... I don't know if it's just because... I don't know. I, like, we, it's easy to bitch your mom, mate, isn't it? That's what it is. No, we, we really, we, <laughs> we, we, we really do put ourselves on a high pedestal every year, and rightly so. We should be, but at the same time, um, we just don't know how to accept 
that like put down and back onto planet Earth sometimes, if that makes sense. See, just to be fair, if you actually look at it as well, a lot of people have said it, but we've apart from traffic of the years now, so apart from oh, when was it? It was one of the last years at Texas Stadium, wasn't it? Where we did we go 12, 12 and 4 and yeah. we got the number one seed and we were the first first number one seed to get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs and then 2014 and then the 2016 season. Apart from that, we've been pretty much irrelevant since we last won the Super Bowl. And like I said, and it's like a lot like a lot of teams do either live on the past and they live on the name. It's like well, if you actually look at what we are, are we really even a top ten football team in the NFL? Really, if you as a whole. But I'd 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 counter that and say, and I'm kind of picking up a little bit with with Paul's point here, is that we do have high expectations of this team, and I would also say I think we're a bit more realistic with our team as well. Like if you flip it back to the start of the season, and someone said to us. Oh, you're going yeah. to go 12 and 5. You're going to be in the playoffs. We'd have snapped the hand off. Yeah. We would have snapped someone's hand off for a 12 and 5 season and playoff football. And yet, we're going into that playoff football and we're thoroughly deflated. And that happens. That's a I, think it's the, I think it's the wrong because of the nature of the defeat. Like you, can, you can take going into the playoffs losing and it's it kind of if they just if, if it looked like they actually gave a gave a damn and they actually played in and they were in there it was very it was poor it was lethargic it was like they had no idea it was like in, in, not that they didn't but in some way it didn't look like they couldn't really rather like you say because they knew the Giants were getting pummeled so they would come we couldn't win the NFC East. So it's like, well, let's just get through this game and just get on to next week. And it's like, mm. if, if they put up a fight, then it would have been like, you know, we lost and just weren't the better team. But it was just like, you kind of could see the right on the wall from the start of the game. Yeah. You, you, you could see that. And like, I, I, I think personally, and look, Greg Olson kept saying this in coverage. I think they just wanted the offense to have one good offensive series. Just to go, okay, we have momentum. Got momentum. Let's, momentum. let's get into the dressing room. But yeah. it just kept faltering. And it just seemed to be that there was no, as Mike said earlier, there, there, there just seemed to be no coherent game plan. And I mean, as a head coach, as an offensive coordinator, you script your first 15 to 20 plays. And it didn't even look like they'd done that. That's that's what was so worrying. It was just literally like, oh, we'll turn up, we'll we'll play, and take it from there, and it blew up. I think mm. they, they they had the game plan set in their mind of what they wanted to do, and that it just it didn't pay off. So like like I say, the bit that confuses me isn't how it started; it's how it continued on. Like mm. if that is what you're going to do, and half time, you've set in your mind that this is how it's gone and how it's going to go forward for the rest of the game, then at that point, take all your stars off then, if that's the case. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I can think, the only reason, and I thought Jamie was going to say it when we said it earlier, is that 
I think the only reason that they didn't is it was the players that so like Dak and CD Lamb and the rest of them. They were all going, No, I want to no, I'm not coming off, keep it going. That's the only thing I can think of. The coaches mm. probably wanted to pull them, but the players didn't want to because they were having a bad day. They wanted well, to well, they wanted to kill that that bad streak. Yeah. Well, you've got players like Micah Parsons who will not want to come off the field yeah. even with a with a club in his hand, you know. <laughs> but there's that there's that stuff as well. But I, I kind of feel like there's sometimes players just need to be a bit more smart and just actually let mm. someone else just come in and just think and just like if that's one thing that we did with like especially Parsons in particular, we really overexerted him. Look at that yeah. last last four games. It didn't really like yeah, he made some plays, yeah, but not to the same impact and level that he did from the earlier part of the season. Mm-hmm. And I think that just exactly mate, exactly. So that could be a fact as well, but I think that's just down to the fact that some players were absolutely just burnt out and exhausted, but they just don't know how to how to stop. They just are not willing to give up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Because when you put in these players like so um, the back uh, the, the backer quarterback for the commanders in there, like fresh legs, etc. Different perspective. You just don't know what to expect, and a lot of players. And and don't forget, the Titans played with a lot of backups as well. Yeah, uh, they did, and that's well. And, and and they looked really good defensively. So that being said, first string rookie quarterback as well. That's another thing to kick in the guts. And, yeah, and usually, usually there that you you get enough pressure and you can rattle pieces and you just didn't get enough on it. Well, Jamie, I will counter that argument. Dak Prescott was a first string quarterback. True. It is true. And on that on that oh. I, 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 I think we'll end up we'll end tonight's show. Because we're, we're, we're going to give the shout out to Mike because obviously Mike is going to be back on Thursday night with the boys. I'm sure Paul will be along and Jamie possibly will be along to build us up. And pre-game. Pre-game. Have us all ready. So, Mike, take it away. Pre-game show Thursday, 9 p.m. UK time. Right here, baby. Be there, be square. Absolutely. Paul, do your thing. Yes, guys, if you're planning on the Dallas Cowboys game next season, be sure to go with CowboysExperience.com for meet and greets, stadium tours, tailgating, and getting really good game packages for game tickets. Be sure to go and check them out. Get to meet players like Jay Novacek, Micah Parsons, as we just mentioned, Hall of Famer Drew Pearson, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, and many, many more. Mike, give a shout-out to all your friends. Look at them. They're not my friends. They're our friends. <laughs> so many and even even Ooh. Jeff Reinbold who's at the top there was talking to us uh, yesterday in fact mm-hmm. loving the uh, fan profiles that we're doing at the moment on various UK fans that Jamie's running at the moment so make sure if you're a UK Cowboys fan get those get us bleh, yes get, <laughs> get those messages into us and show us uh, why you Deserve to be put on the play profile, and don't forget as well, Mr. J Tuck. It's his birthday today, so don't yes, it send... is. It's his birthday, yeah. yeah so, as you can see, yeah, Cowboys... 
so Cowboys fans only CFO Sports right there in the middle. Go and send them some love on Twitter. Send them mm. a happy birthday. I have not done that yet. Jamie, give us a shout out about the big event of 2023. Yeah, 2023, the UK Massive is going out to Dallas. We are running a group trip in um, the podcast Cowboys experience and um, obviously we're just waiting for the um, schedule the, the schedule that's it cheers Paul can't think of the words eh? uh, schedule <laughs> to come out once that is we, the game will be selected the information will be put out there so if you are interested in coming out to the game with us drop us a line on our various social media platforms and we'll keep you updated mm-hmm. that's right and there, 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 there is talk that we are going to a college football game. Mike, we're not going to College Station. Too far. Too far. Austin Too is far. a possibility. Too far. It's a possibility. I'll drive that bloody road. I'll drive that road. I've done it before. <laughs> a long drive. It's on game day, too. I've already said to Mike that it, it needs to be around. We need to make sure we've got to go to the mats. No, we've got to see. We've got to see some. We've got to see some Luka Doncic man. We we can yeah. go. Like you were saying, if it works out right with the scheduling, we'll go neutral ground, which makes Paul happy, and go to the Mean Green. Go give Hackmer a wave. <laughs> and are we going to? Are, are, are we also considering going to see Jamie's favorite baseball team, the Texas Rangers? <laughs> It'd be out of season if we go that late, though, wouldn't it? It might be the oh, yeah, look there, boy. You know, the Texas Rangers. I'll be wearing my Astros jersey, mate. <laughs> just for that, just for that, I'll be wearing the Legion Ice shirt. Brian, just to know you. <laughs> you can try. But as I say, look, it's a good night for me. Good night for guys. Towards the night. You guys, look out, boys. Yeehaw!